0: Today, uh, we have a a guest speaker all the way from uh, the front row. And so, um, anyways, so many of you guys know uh, Duncan's Pierre. Duncan's is, uh, you know, son of the house. Uh, For you guys that haven't met him, Duncan's actually been away at Bible school for a number of years. And uh, he has now graduated, and he feels a call to ministry. And uh, so I'm super pumped. And uh, so, anyways... So Duncan's going to come and he's going to share the word with us this morning. I just simply ask you to open up your heart and uh, and just believe that Jesus is going to talk to you. Amen. Amen. Come on, brother. Good morning, church. Um, I just want to say thank you, Pastor. Love you guys here at the church. Um, I'm super honored for an opportunity to share the word. This morning, um, yeah, I've just been back from Bible college, feel the call of God in my life to preach, and um, I'm just grateful that God would use me to do this. So uh, pray with me. Um, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence here. We would ask, God, that um, you would just help us, Lord, uh, to receive what you would say this morning, God. Give us ears to hear, Lord. Open up our hearts, God. I would ask that you would just anoint me, Lord, um, the people came to hear from you, and not me, God. And um, we know that when we come at expectation, God, you meet us right where we're at. So we thank you for that and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, some of you guys know a little bit about me, um, but I'm just gonna share briefly. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Um, grew up 1985, late 80s, early 90s. Brooklyn was uh, not too much of a nice place. A very rough place to live. But my home was an awesome, awesome place. Oftentimes, you guys hear me share about my mom, who loved the Lord. She came from Haiti, a very spirited woman, a very salt-of-the-earth woman, loved God. So she did her best to try to instill godly principles in our home and godly principles into me. So when she took us to church, you know, I would learn about the Bible and all the Bible stories, she would tell me about her experience in Haiti. So there was always a a supernatural sense to what was happening in my life and everything all around me. So when I learned about, in the Bible, I learned about angels and demons and uh, manna falling from heaven and giants, David and Goliath. Uh, When I learned about David's mighty men and even uh, talking donkeys. like. You know as a kid it's easy to believe these things but even as i grew older um the things about the supernatural seemed so real to me and vivid especially because of what i was experiencing the world around me so when we'd go to church my mom would uh sing all these songs you know we would Talk about there's power in the blood of Jesus and come to the water, come to the well. And you would have these preachers. They'd be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire and they would be preaching and you'd be filling and spit coming at you. And <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't sit in the front row because you'd be like, feel like they're about to pick pick on you. But it was just so lively, you know, and alive, the things that I was experiencing in my life. So um, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to... Uh, Deuteronomy 16, 16. Um, It says, each year, man in Israel must celebrate these three festivals, the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of the harvest, and the festival of shelters. On each of these occasions, all men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he chooses, but they must not appear before the Lord without a gift from him. So through this verse, we can see that God asked the children of Israel to come before him three times a year. And these three times a year were to commemorate or to celebrate a day that God really showed up in their lives. So every year they would celebrate these feasts and these festivals. And really it was for uh, future generations because those future generations might not have experienced what happened that day. So they would um, celebrate these festivals and tell the stories about these things that happened that day. So we have first the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That's the Passover. The Passover is when uh, the children of Israel were in Egypt. God asked them to put the blood of the lamb on the door so that death would pass over them. And their firstborn sons wouldn't die. The second one was Pentecost. Pentecost uh, means 50, 50 days after Passover. God gave them the law, the Ten Commandments. So they celebrated God giving them the law and how he showed up on Mount Sinai and fire and smoke and all that. And then the third festival was the festival of shelters, which signified the wilderness. God bringing them through the Red Sea and uh, feeding them with manna and water from a rock. So there's a lot of symbolism in the Bible. A lot of uh, these festivals were symbolic of what was to come in the future. Though we're not having these feasts and festivals today, they still have a significance in our lives today. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, Paul says this. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for celebrating holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths, for these rules were only shadows of the reality yet to come. So so Christ is encouraging the Church of Colossus because they were still celebrating these festivals and new moons even after Christ had died, even though Christ had fulfilled these festivals and new moons in his life, death, and resurrection. He also says in Hebrews 10, that the old system of the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of good things to come. They were not good things themselves. The sacrifice under the systems were were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide a perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. So the killing of bulls and the killing of lambs and goats and all that stuff, bringing those as sacrifices to God to appease our sins were never enough for God. There were only a picture of Christ to come, so that when Christ came and died on the cross, we would understand the significance that he is the Lamb of God. The Bible says that um, he was slain before the foundations of this world. So even before we came, even before the world was formed, God purposed and planned for Christ to come to die for us. So the first, um, the first festival, the Passover, is represented by the blood, and the second One was represented in the wilderness by the water. And the third one is Pentecost, which is represented by fire. So I'm going to talk about these three for the next few minutes. I'm going to start with the blood first. In Matthew 26, 28, Christ came, and um, he's having the last supper with his disciples during the Passover. He takes the cup, and he says, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for the remissions of sin. And this is why we have communion, and this is why we, we take the bread, and it represents Christ's broken body, and this is why we, we drink the you know, little cup here, and it represents Christ's blood. But still, those are just symbols. And we do these things so that we can remember what Christ has done for us. But I wanted to share with you guys today how the blood still has an effect in our lives today. The blood of Jesus is still working in our lives today. In Isaiah 53, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace is upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Uh, 1 Peter 2, two, twenty-four 24 says, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. And by his wounds we are what? We are healed. So if you have sickness in your body today, if you know the Lord, Christ says through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have access to that healing today. So we also know that we have salvation. Romans 5 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from From wrath through him. So, like I said, the blood of goats and rams, they didn't appease God's wrath, but Christ's death on the cross, his blood shed for us, appeased that. So, for those of us who know the Lord, we understand the significance of somebody dying for us. You know, um, somebody uh, called me the other day and they were asking me, they said, Duncan, how do I know if I'm saved? And I said, well, if when I show up to heaven, And God asked me, you know, how do I know I'm saved? If it's anything on my merit, I know I'm not making it. But I believe in Christ and what he's done for me. So his blood is still at work today. His blood still protects. I remember being a kid before I would go out to school. My mom would come, gather me and my sister up, and she would plead the blood of Jesus over us. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. So that as a kid, it's hilarious, but I remember feeling empowered by that, yeah. you know? So I'll go out on the street like I got the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Ain't nothing gonna happen to me. But she believed that and she prayed that over our home and over us as we went, that the blood of Jesus would protect us. The blood of Jesus cleanses us, it strengthens us. In Revelations 12, 11, it says, and they, that's us, believers, overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they love their lives not unto death so this power in the blood of Jesus that's why we sing these songs they're not just symbols and types they're meaningful so that's why I encourage you guys today with the salvation and the healing and the protection and the cleansing and the strength that we get from the blood of Jesus Christ amen, amen. so the next one is the water in Matthew three eleven. Jesus is coming into the wilderness. He's um, meeting John the Baptist. John the Baptist meets him. He says this in John 311. John says, I baptize you with water, those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not worthy to be his slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody say, and fire. So I'm going to get to that one in a second. But Christ was baptized by John the Baptist. And John the Baptist asked him, like, you're the Messiah. Why shall I baptize you? But Christ said, it, it is so. It's supposed to be this way. And that was, a, that was a representation for us, that we should be baptized, that we should go to the watery grave and come out new creations. Now, we know that baptism doesn't save us, but it's a, it's a symbol to the world to show that we are born again. Christ says in um, John chapter 3, he says this to Nicodemus, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So there's great significance in our baptism. It's not just water. Like I said, I grew up in the church, and they were very strict. Like, You couldn't be like five, six years old trying to get baptized. You had to be like 13, 14. They made you go to classes and all this stuff. And you could not even take communion unless you were baptized. I mean, like really serious. Now, I think that's a bit extreme, but they took these symbols very serious and they understood the impact that these things had in our lives. So the water also cleanses. In Titus 3, 5, it says he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, given us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. So the water also refreshes us. In, John, uh, in the book of John, when Christ meets the woman at the well, uh, he talks and he tells her uh, about all these husbands that she had and all these things that she was desiring from the world and from these men that she could not find, and that he was the water. He was the thing that could fulfill her, right? So we know that the water that of, of Jesus Christ can refresh us, right? So what happens after the woman um, has this encounter with Christ? She goes out and starts telling people about him right? Because she tasted of this living water. So now, this living water is not just for us, but it's to refresh other people. In John 6, 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. So whatever you think you're lacking in your life, God can sustain you. Whatever things we hunger and thirst for in this world, sometimes we want stuff, sometimes we want... Power, success, we want, we're full of pride or lust. We need God's living water to touch that, to quench the thirst, so we don't feel those voids in our lives. And he supplies that. Um, we don't have to turn to things in the world to satisfy our souls. The Lord, he can do these things. In John chapter 7, at the feast of um, the shelters, on this day, the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, then come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So that's us today. There, if you believe in Jesus Christ, there's living waters inside of you. So if there's something you need, if there's something you're hungry for and thirst for, Christ in you can fulfill that void. Like I said, these are symbols, but if we don't understand this, then we can't access these things. So we need access to this living water in our lives. And you have to ask yourself, are we experiencing today? Are we in a dry place? You know, are we in these, this sunken place? God's f- refreshment can revive us. So finally, um, there's the fire. So remember, I said Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody says and fire. and fire, because you know some people, depending on your doctrine and what you believe, they count these as one and the same. But I know what does and mean. And <laughs> right. <laughs> So Holy Spirit and fire. So but the Bible, God's fire symbolized so many things, not just the, 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 the Holy Spirit, but it represented a guide to Moses in the burning bush. It represented um, uh, refining. It represented uh, just a way to guide the people through the wilderness. He would show up as a pillar of fire in the night to guide his people. So in, in Psalm 66, 10, it says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. In Isaiah 48, 10, it says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. So we see this time after time with the children of Israel. They would turn their back from God, and because he was, they were God's chosen people, he would place oppositions in their life. And cause them to be afflicted. Why? So that they would turn to him. So sometimes we might think the heat is getting turned up in our lives. And it just might be for God to draw us back to him. And I've definitely also in my life have felt that. Just the, the heat being turned up in my life. So he uses this fire to perfect us. The Bible also talks about just being perfected in the love of God. He wants us to draw closer and closer to him. So he'll turn the heat up in our lives to draw us closer to him. The fire also protects us, right? Uh, I I believe it was was Elijah. He called down fire from heaven on the prophets of Baal. So (laughs) I don't suggest we do that, but sometimes we feel like that, right? Somebody's coming up against us. Even the disciples, they did this. Lord, should we call down fire? But they understood something, right? They was with Jesus, and they know that they had the protection of God, and that they could Call down fire, right? So, (laughs) it's funny. (laughs) Lastly, the fire of God empowers us. Jesus said this in Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So that power, um, that word endued means to put on you know what I'm saying, to put on. And he told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem. In Acts 1a he says, but you will receive power. Somebody says power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So that word witnesses in the Greek is the word martus. That word martus is spelled M-A-R-T-Y-S. And it looks like martyrs, but it says martus. But there's something that the people of God understood as witnesses of God, that they might have to give up their life for what they believed, and many of them did. And how, how, man, how else could you be a witness other than dying for Christ? In school, we learned about um, the martyrs, right? And it's amazing how like, these people would come, and the Romans would have them on their knees, and they would tell them, all you gotta do is deny Christ. That's it. Deny Christ, and we won't take your head off and take your land and sell it. And these people will go off of my head, you know, because we know uh, uh, who our faith is, who our trust in. It's not in this world. It's in him. But you could imagine the witness that was to their neighbors, right, to their people around them. You would see your neighbor on his knees about to get his head cut off. they say, deny Christ and we won't cut your head off, and they would take their head off. A witness that would be to the people around us, right? And and it just makes me think, like, how did Christianity spread so fast? Because people were willing to die for their faith. So it it, it stirs things in people. It got to be something to this. If this man or woman would lose their head and their property and and be gone from their family, it got to be something to this. And God has put that in us, right? We all have that sense, that longing, that something is missing. So if you could die to self, that means you got something other than what's in this world. Let's talk about Peter. Before Christ died, um, he told Peter that uh, you would deny me three times. Now, Peter was a thug. You know what I mean? He was one he of was <laughs> Jesus' bodyguards, right? And what did he say? Not so, not me. Maybe these other guys, but not me. I'd never deny you, Christ. But yet, he denied Jesus three times. Three times he says, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Now, I want you to imagine you guys doing that in your lives, saying, I don't know Jesus. Now, we might not say those words, but in the way that we live our lives, we say these things sometimes. Right? Right? that we don't know him. And that's why it's important that we need the fire of God to refine us. We need these things. We need to understand um, the power and the impact that these things have in our lives so that we don't have those moments. But we thank God for God's mercy because this St. Peter on the day of Pentecost, right? In Acts chapter two, it says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them, divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So on this day when Peter received the Holy Spirit, he had this fire in him. He had this renewed passion, right, that he was able to go out and preach this gospel. And the Bible says that 3,000 people came to God that day. So... I was praying this this morning. I said, God, let me preach a sermon that brings 3,000 people to you. Amen. (laughs) You know, let me preach a sermon that today if somebody doesn't know God, that they could see the fire of God working in my life. Right. And they could say, look at this young man. He's got something that I need. You know, because on that day, that's what drew those 3,000 people to get saved. Right. Amen? Amen. So the fire of God, it will put this passion inside of us. Um, John Wesley, he's this old preacher. He started the Methodist Church and the Wesleyan Church, him and his brother. He said, uh, light yourself on fire with passion, and people will come from miles to watch you burn. Right? So he was one of these preachers, right? He said, you know what? Forget the church. I'm going to go out on the street. Right? And he would stand up on these, I don't know, whatever, box or whatever, pulpit, and he would begin to preach loud. You know? So back in the day, they didn't have microphones. My- So they had to preach, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, so you could have been miles away. He's like, what is this? And it would draw you closer, right? And you would come closer, and you'd see this man preaching. And it would stir something in the people, just like it did on the day of Pentecost. I'm pretty sure Peter didn't have a microphone either. (laughs) When he was preaching to these 3,000 people, but something in these people began to draw people to Christ. And we, we know that revival came from John Wesley and all these men in the uh, Great Awakening. So I'm going to close. I got six minutes. We're going to use this six minutes to pray. <laughs> uh, so as he plays, I'm, I'm just going to ask everybody to just take a time to reflect on just what was spoken here today. And understand just the symbolism and just the typology of just what we learned from the Old Testament and the stories. I know some of us might have grew up in church and some of us might not have and we're just learning about these things today. But there are significant events that we've had in our lives with Jesus. I can still remember today, the day that I was saved. And I would ask that you guys would remember that day. To go back to that day where you first encountered him and the power that comes from that and if there's anybody in this room that has not had that day today could be your day today could be the day that you enter in his blood still works today his blood still saves today I mentioned healing earlier If there is sickness in your body, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. By your stripes we are healed. We have access to the power of God that can touch our body today. You came, you bore the stripes, God, for all affliction and disease. And we speak to that thing as a testimony of God today. Heal our bodies, God. Heal our minds, God. If there are things afflicting our mind, Lord, I would ask that the the blood of Jesus just begin to touch our minds. And Father, we apply the blood of Jesus to the doors of our house, to the doors of our church. Father, we have loved ones out there who don't know you yet. And we plead the blood of Jesus over them. We believe, God, that the blood of Jesus can save them even as we pray, God touch them Lord and Father we thank you Lord that we have received living waters that living waters lives inside of us God we can remember the day that we came out of the water and you began to speak to us and say this is my child and who I'm well pleased and we thank you Lord that that living water can refresh those around us God we know that this world needs refreshing Lord Let us bring that life to them. Let us bring that living water to them. Let us encounter you today, God, in a fresh way. That we could leave this place, God, and and begin to testify of your goodness, Lord. You're good. You're good, Lord. You're good, Lord. And, Father, we thank you for your consuming fire. You are a consuming fire. We would ask that you would refine us, Lord, if there is anything in our lives, God, that is hindering you from causing us to know you more or to know who we are in you, God. We would ask that you would burn those things away in the name of Jesus. Refine us by your Holy Spirit. And Father, even if we have not experienced this passion in our lives, Father, your word says that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they shall be filled if you hunger and thirst for this know that God can, you can receive this today he can implant these things in you today so God we thank you for the fire of God we thank you that when we go out there and we talk about you God and we live for you that people see us differently Lord that we're set apart to you God We would ask that that fire begin to fall afresh today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit anew today, God. Father, these are your people. We are your people, Lord. We would ask that you would go before us like you did, like a pillar of fire. May you continue to guide us and lead us, Lord, in all our ways, Lord. And Father, we're not afraid. If you got to use that fire to draw us closer to you, Turn the temperature up, Lord. Turn it up. Father, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I just thank you for your people. As they go, I ask that you would just be with them, God. Allow this word to just permeate in their spirit. Let them know once again that there was power in your blood. The rivers of living water flow out of them, God. And that the fire of, Holy, of the Holy Spirit burns inside your people. We thank you for all this and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Jesus a hand, clap of praise. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.